Thank you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast, where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker. Thank you. Now you can sit down. If you were clapping at your house, I couldn't hear you because you weren't clapping loud enough. It feels like a hundred years ago, but a long time ago, while I was a sergeant in the Ranger Regiment, we did this big multinational mission, and we did it in the Scottish Highlands. So the plan was to do all of our planning and preparing here in Columbus, Georgia. We were going to fly over to the UK. We were going to jump in, and then we were going to spend about two weeks in the springtime, which is bitter cold, walking up in these really high mountains of Scotland as part of this big joint multinational exercise. What on paper and in the pictures looked like postcard perfect terrain, these lush green mountains and nothing but sheep pastures everywhere. This isn't me walking in the mountains. Like if you look really hard, you're not going to see me in those pastures, but it really looked like this until I got into those pasture lands. That's not flat level terrain. It's been thousands of years of sheep beating up the sides of the hills, so there was never a solid piece of ground the entire time that I was up there. But I will never forget walking among a bunch of sheep and early in the morning before the sun came up, it looked like they were dirty on the sides. As the sun started to get a little bit higher in the horizon and we started to make our way towards the woods to be able to hide from the bad guys, I looked closer and it wasn't dirt. Those sheep were painted. Little dots on the side of the sheep and I noticed some of the sheep were painted like hot pink and the other sheep that I was walking around were painted like neon green and I thought some teenagers got up here and played a joke and started spray painting sheep only to learn from the Brits and the Paris that we were working with. No, that's how the shepherd makes sure that everybody in the area knows Those are my sheep. That hot pink dot that I spray painted on the side of his wool, that's my sheep. And by the way, the sheep didn't fill it at all because their wool is so thick and so furry that they just, you can see the hot pink dot from a distance. You can see the neon green from a distance. I still remember thinking to myself, so he goes out there with a can of spray paint and he's shooting spray paint on all of his sheep every day. Feels like there's an easier or a better way to do this. I'm using this analogy because this is the way the shepherd lets everybody on the hillside know those sheep with that color, those are my sheep. Don't take my sheep. Don't shear my sheep. Don't steal my sheep. Last week, Troy was teaching us from John chapter 10. And last week, Jesus described himself as the good shepherd. He described himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And I want to take Troy's sermon and one half step forward. I want to pick up at the verse where he left off. And I want you to know something about Jesus All of us in this room who claim to be followers of him, here it is on the screens. Jesus doesn't use spray paint. I actually should have used the word tattoo because when Jesus marks his sheep, when he paints his sheep, it's permanent. And no one and nothing on planet earth can take Jesus's mark 
off of you once you've met that Savior and once he's marked you. How many of you out there have been marked by Jesus? Okay, three of you out there have been marked by. Those of you who have been marked by Jesus, let me hear you say hallelujah. We're going to start right where Troy left off. We're going to be in the book of John. We're going to be in chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 22 in just a second. You got the mobile app open. The scriptures are right there for you. If you're in this room and you don't have a Bible, we want to give you a Bible because we want you to get into the Word of God, not just on Sundays, but during the week. What I said at the very beginning of this service is I can give you a 100% guarantee that you can be certain, not wonder, not hope, not wish that your eternity is secure. You can be 100% certain. And Jesus is going to give you that guarantee. It doesn't come from Jeff. It comes from John chapter 10. And I'm going to start reading for us in verse 22. And here's what the Bible says. Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem... And it was winter. Say the word winter out loud. That word is important for two reasons. I'm going to tell you why in just a second. Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's colonnade. And the Jews surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. I did tell you. And you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you don't believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And just to make sure you don't miss it, Jesus says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Pause for just a second. Hold on, Jesus. You're saying, I'm secure and have eternal life. Is it your hand or is it the Father's hand that no one can snatch me out of? Because you just said both and I'm confused. And Jesus clears up in the most crystal clear point anywhere in the Bible, his deity, that he is God made into the flesh. And you cannot miss it from this verse in John chapter 10. I and the Father are one. If you're in my hand, you're in the Father's hand. And when you're in the Father's hand, you're in my hands. And what I want you to hear from the Bible today is when you're in Jesus's hands, you're good. You're in good hands. So what we're going to do for just a second is we're going to look at basically five things that give you absolute rock solid, 100% certainty that your eternity is secure, that when Jesus comes back to rebuild heaven and earth, you're going to be here with him. And I could really do like 50 things, but I just chose like the top five. And you guys are going to have to forgive me, but I couldn't help myself. I just wanted to make them all start with the letter S. So they're all going to start with the letter S today. But this is my way of kind of reaching across the room and giving you a high five. In fact, hold your hand up. I'm going to give you a big air five there. Number one, I want you to see from the Bible is Jesus is making it crystal clear. My sheep don't have to worry because they're safe. 
God's sheep are safe in Jesus Christ. Now, this whole episode takes place during a festival, a really, really important festival called the Festival of Dedication. Now, I got to give you a little backstory so that you understand how significant this festival is because about 200 years before Jesus shows up in the temple and has this conversation, there is a war. Israel is defeated. Their neighbor, the Syrians, come and they conquer Jerusalem. They destroy the temple. And if you were a Jew living 200 years before Jesus, you were absolutely devastated because you believed that the temple is where the presence of God dwells. And as long as we've got the temple, we've got God, and we're going to be okay. Until a Syrian general by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes comes and he goes to war defeats Jerusalem and destroys the temple. But look up here for just a second. It's much worse. He not only destroys the temple, he desecrates it and makes it unholy to worship in this temple anymore. And the Jews are devastated because they've lost their temple and it's now been defamed or desecrated. And in the year 164 BC, some Jewish leaders kind of revolt. They kick out the Syrians. They start to rebuild the temple and they restore its purity and its holiness. A guy by the name of Judas Maccabeus restores the temple. And now the people of God can worship in the temple again. They celebrated the very first time coming back into the temple by taking the great Jewish candlestick, the great Jewish menorah, And they brought it into the temple and they started to light the candle each day, a new candle to celebrate. This is called the Festival of Lights or what John is telling us today, the Festival of Dedication. It's not just a moment in Jewish history where you look back and remember that the country was defeated and our temple was desecrated. It is the moment where the Jews look forward to the coming Messiah, the one who's going to rescue us. Because the Jews have been beat by the Greeks, and they've been beat by the Romans, and they've been beat by the Egyptians, and they've been beat by the Syrians, and they've been beat enough to know that until God steps in and fixes things for us, we're in deep trouble. Because we're not strong enough, and we're not powerful enough to fight our own battles for us. So they were longing and looking for God's promised rescuer. And I hope you can make the parallel right now personally. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. I don't even need to know who you are to know you're not strong enough and you're not smart enough to handle all of your problems on your own. You need God's Messiah as much as those Jews knew they needed God's Messiah. And that's why they corner Jesus and ask him, are you the one? Because only God's Messiah can make us safe. And if you've been marked with Jesus's permanent ink, you got nothing to worry about. When the storms of life come, because the one who can stand on the bow of a ship and say the word peace and the storms are stilled can speak the word peace in your life and in your problems as well. So the first thing that I want to make sure you understand is that you are safe in the hands of God. 
And the second is I want you to understand that Jesus' sheep are secure, that no one can snatch them out of God's hands. So they ask Jesus a very specific question, and they're asking for a specific answer. Jesus, tell us plainly. By the way, they don't let him off the hook because they completely surround him, like literally encircle him so that he can't break out of the crowd until they ask him this yes or no question. Tell us yes or no. Are you the one who claims to be the son of God? Because they realize we're in deep trouble and we need his help. And if God's son is here, then we don't have to worry about the Romans anymore. When God's son shows up, we don't have to worry about our problems. We're going to be taken care of because God has promised he's going to send his rescuer who will take care of his people both here and forever. And they're asking Jesus, Jesus, are you the one? Are you the guy that we're supposed to look for? And what they don't understand is Jesus has already answered this question. He's answered it in very clear, very powerful ways, but they've totally missed it because he answers with his miracles. But they're still don't, they still don't see it, and so they're trying to press him into a corner, and they're trying to ask him, hey, are you the one? Because we are not secure. We're not going to be okay with God until God sends his son to take care of his people. I want to tell you about a guy by the name of Richard Parsons. His picture's up here on the screens. In honor of Black History Month, Richard Parsons is the second man in American history, African-American, to ever become the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. In 2002, he took over as the leader of Time Warner Corporation, and after leading that company for many years, he became the leader of Citicorp, Citibank, and the whole city financial industries for many years before cancer caused him to step down from those companies. Richard grew up in very difficult circumstances. His parents and his grandparents helped raise him to be a young man who worked really hard, who studied hard, and who gave his everything at school. He did really well at school, but he had a lot of strikes against him. In fact, his grandfather was a gardener, and his grandfather just wanted something better for his children and his grandchildren. The family that Richard's grandfather worked for, Richard spent a lot of time around. And they started to notice there's something special about this guy. I mean, he's not just smart. He's not just hardworking, but he's got leadership potential. And we need to talk to some of our friends and let them know just how special this guy is. You see, Richard's grandfather was the head groundskeeper for one of the most powerful and influential families in America, Nelson Rockefeller. And the Rockefeller family saw something special in Richard and started to talk to their friends and said, you just need to give him a try. I promise you, he's not going to let you down. And when people gave Richard a try, he didn't let them down. And eventually, Richard made it to leading some of the biggest corporations in America at the time and led them very well for decades And Richard knows that my family had a connection with people that could help me get in the right doors and make the right relationships. Once he got in those doors, it was all Richard's hard work and his leadership that made him successful. 
The reason I'm sharing this story with you is because what you do here on earth matters in eternity. But I don't ever want us to think by working hard, I'm going to be okay with God. Like when I talk to people about their faith and when they're not really sure if they're on their way to heaven, ultimately they have this belief system that thinks, I hope my good deeds are going to outweigh my bad deeds and God will let me into heaven because I have a little bit more good than bad in my life. And I try to tell them, no, man, it's who you know. It's all about Jesus Christ and what he's done for you that secures your eternity. It is not about you. What you do here on earth matters, but it does not make a difference on your eternity. Your eternity is secure in the one who loves you and gave his life for you. You see, I need you to know that the third thing about God's sheep, if you have been marked and painted with the permanent ink of Jesus... I need you to know that your Savior is strong enough to save no matter what happens to you. Thank you, because some of you just made a, missed a great chance to, to talk back to me and to respond. I need you to know that your Savior is strong enough to handle your problems in life. Okay, you guys are totally missing it. We're just going to move on. Jesus is cornered. This crowd is surrounding him, and these Jewish leaders are asking him, Yes or no, you give us a, an, a yes or no, one word answer to a very specific question. Are you the son of God or not? And did you notice that Jesus doesn't give them a one word answer? And the reason he doesn't give them a one word answer is he already knows what's going on inside their heart. His answer, they want one word, his answer is his works. Hey, if you want to know if I'm the son of God, I want you to go back a couple of chapters in the book of John when I healed a man who has been crippled for decades and he got up and he walked on the Sabbath and he was carrying his mat with him. If you want to know if I'm the son of God, go back a couple of chapters in this book when I healed a man who was demon possessed. You want to know if I'm the son of God, go back to the last chapter when I healed a man who was born blind and you thought even God couldn't do that and and spoiler alert, you want to know if I'm the son of God? Go to the very next chapter. When I raise a man from the dead, boom, mic drop. That's all you need to know. What else do you want to know from me? But they've seen these miracles. And they still refuse to believe. And they refuse to believe because it's winter. Say the word winter one more time. You see... There's two things that are happening that are very important here, and John doesn't want us to miss them, but you can skip right over this word winter if you're not careful. The Jews celebrated this festival of lights every year on the last day of their calendar, the last month of their calendar year on the 25th of the month. There'd be a big celebration. They would bring the giant menorah in and for eight days they would light another candle. Everybody who knows the Jewish Christmas holidays recognizes what I'm talking about right now. This is Hanukkah. They're celebrating Hanukkah, and Hanukkah is not just looking back to the dedication of the temple. It's looking forward to God's coming rescuer. And Jesus is celebrating Hanukkah with them, and they corner him. It's winter time, and they corner him, and they ask him, yes or no, are you the one? But when John uses this word winter, he's not just talking that it's cold outside. He's telling you it's cold inside their heart. And they have seen Jesus' miracles. And as much as they have seen, they're still, they still refuse to believe it. 
because their hearts are cold and callous and they can't see what's right in front of them. Other people around them can see there must be, this must be the son of God because nobody can do what this guy's doing. Even the blind man literally can see this, but they can't see it. And the reason they can't see it is because they don't belong to Jesus. They're not part of his flock. And so they're asking him, hey, give us a one-word answer. And he's like, I'll give you all kinds of proof that I'm the one. But no matter how much I prove to you, you still won't believe it. And you won't believe it because you're not part of the flock. And you don't belong. Which brings me to number five or number four on this. Look, I can't even count. Number four on the list that God's sheep, you and I, sons and daughters of the living God, are sure we can be 100% sure about our relationship with God. And that surety comes from Jesus, not from us. You see, when I refer to Dawn, I use the word my to refer to her. Because she's my wife. We were high school sweethearts. She was my high school sweetheart. And when I talk about her, I talk about her in my relationship to her. You cannot miss the most important word in this entire passage is only two letters. It's the biggest word in the passage. Jesus says, my sheep hear me. And they hear me and they know me because they're mine. I belong to them and they belong to me. And I think what I really want you to hear from me today is that belonging equals believing and believing equals belonging. In fact, would you just humor me and say this out loud? I believe because I belong. I belong. Now reverse the language because John is saying the same thing at the same time. I belong because I believe. Jesus said, these are my sheep. I called out to him, to them, and they believed. And they believe, and they're my sheep. I belong because I believe, and I believe because I belong. You don't belong because you don't believe. And you don't believe, religious leaders, because you don't belong. And if you were listening, maybe you'd start believing. And when you start believing, maybe you would start belonging. And what Jesus is saying here is they are sure and they are certain and they are secure in my hands. And you don't have anything to worry about if you belong to Jesus. Because he's saying it twice today. No one can take you out of the Father's hands. And by the way, I've got you in my hands and no one can take you out of my hands. And I just want to make sure you don't miss it. I and my father are one. And so if you're in me and I'm in you, Jesus is saying, you belong to my father because I belong to the father and you belong to me. And the biggest word in this little passage is only two letters and it's the word my. And Jesus is saying, these are my sheep and they hear me and they follow me. And by the way, did you know that the word follow means behave? So check this out. They belong and they believe and they behave because they're mine. And you really can't behave it and you don't belong and you won't believe if you're not his to begin with, which is essentially what Jesus is saying today. Look, y'all, I'm rushing as fast as I can through this sermon to get to the fifth and the final point. Jesus' sheep are sealed 
And I mean, it starts right here, right now. Troy mentioned it last week when Jesus said, I give them life and life more abundant, life to the full. And it starts right here, right now. Jesus' sheep are sealed. The seal happens right now, right here, when you believe and you start to belong to the great shepherd. And that seal continues for eternity. Jesus' sheep are sealed. God's flock is sealed in his son, Jesus Christ. The theological topic that the Bible is addressing today is sometimes referred to as eternal security. Can you be 100% sure? There are whole denominations. Actually, there are billions of, and that's with the word, with the letter B, billions of very religious people on the planet that are convinced you cannot be sure. You can hope, you can work really hard, you can uh, pray that God will accept you into his family, but you cannot be sure. And Jesus is making it as Obvious as anybody has ever heard today. No, you can be 100% certain. You can be absolutely rock solid sure. When you walk out this door, if you get hit head on by a car on the way home, you can be so certain that you have nothing to worry about. When you placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I need you to look up here and I need you to pay close attention for just a second. The strength of our faith does not come from how much we believe. The strength of our faith is in who you believe, not how much you believe. See, one of the great Puritan pastors, a guy who lived about 300 years ago, wrote a book called The Unsearchable Riches of Christ, and he tried to explain it to his church this way. It's like a mother and her child. In fact, here's the quote from the book from Thomas Brooks, The Unsearchable Riches of Christ. Thomas Brooks says, The safety and the security of the child lies not so much in the child hanging about the mother's neck as in the mother holding it fast in her arms. Everybody get the picture? Then Thomas Brooks makes the analogy. So our safety, our security, lies not so much in our weak holding upon Christ but in Christ holding us fast in his everlasting arms. That's how you and I can be absolutely 100% rock solid sure. It's not the strength of my faith. It's who I'm putting my faith in who says, I've got you in the palm of my hand, Jeff, and you have nothing to worry about because no one can snatch you out. It's not my hands. It's his hands that gives 100% security to my faith. It's not your faith. It's the one that you put your faith in that can give you eternal security or the theological phrase is often referred to the perseverance of the saints. The saints will remain and persevere through anything and everything all the way to the end. And here's why. Because you're part of the flock. You belong to the Father. And you belong because you believe. And when you believe and belong, no one and nothing can snatch you out. And I have been praying for people that are listening to this broadcast. I've been praying for you in this room all week long, that if you're one of those people 
that struggles with doubts, and if there are moments in your life where you're not quite sure that today you will hear Jesus' words reverberating all around you, that I've got you in the palm of my hand and you've got nothing to worry about, and here's how strong that I can hold you. The Father and I are one, and no one is big enough and strong enough to snatch you out of the Father's hand, so you've got nothing to worry about. I want to give us a few things to think about. And then I want to pray for us as we wrap up today. Maybe somebody is hearing all of this for the first time and you've been struggling with doubt and you're not really sure that you are part of God's flock, that you're not part of God's family. And maybe what you need to do in just a moment is to radically surrender your soul. What we sang about just a moment ago, that we will surrender our our, our heart and our affections and even all of our possessions in, in, in willingness to follow Jesus. Maybe in just a moment, you need to pray that God would adopt you into his family. But for brothers and sisters out there, those that know you've been marked by Jesus, I'm going to pray that tomorrow when you face troubles and it's coming for all of us tomorrow or next week, that you will remember, I got nothing to worry about. Because the one who holds me in the palm of his hand is stronger and bigger than my problems. And this last line on the screens, I wish I would have changed this word and said today. That you would make a commitment. Today, I'm not going to try to handle my problems on my own. Because I was never intended to handle my problems on my own. When problems happen, I'm going to rely on Jesus Christ and on his strength to get me through my challenges and my problems because my sheep know my voice and my sheep respond and they follow and they obey because they're mine. And Jesus will go on to say, and I am the branch and they are the vine and all of their strength comes from me. So can we just get honest with God for a second and pray to him right now? Why don't you go ahead and bow? We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.